This is Law Bites, a podcast with Michael Geist. On a two gigabyte plan where you pay about 75 bucks a month, Canadian, for a two gigabyte plan on your phone, and you can still get gouged on top of that. In Paris, you pay 30 bucks. Rome, 24. Now, they might say, oh, that's not really fair. You know, it's different in Europe. So let's compare a similar size country with a similar size population, similar size large rural regions. Australia. Australians pay $24 and $70 a month on average for two gigabytes. And in Canada, we're paying 70. The competitiveness of wireless markets has emerged as a major political issue in countries around the world as consumer pricing for those services attracts mounting attention. Many consumers, and by extension media coverage, looks to comparative data to see whether their pricing is high or low. There are obviously many factors behind wireless prices, but for many consumers the top line issue is how much does the service cost and how much data do I get? Rewheel Research, a Finland-based consultancy, has been at the forefront of pricing comparisons with extensive analysis of comparative mobile data pricing in countries around the world. Its reports have often called out Canada, recently noting that our prices are a world apart from more competitive markets. With Canadian telco giant TELUS recently commissioning a study to challenge the rewheel research, I'm joined this week on the podcast by Antonius Drossis, managing partner of the firm. He talked to me from Finland about their findings, what lies behind Canada's wireless pricing situation, and the new TELUS-backed challenge. Antonius, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, thanks, thanks, Michael, and thanks for inviting us and giving us the opportunity to actually discuss about uh, the work that we do. Okay, that's great. Why don't, why don't we actually start there? Can you tell me a bit about your company, the kinds yeah, of reports um, you produce, and who relies on your services and reports? Yeah, so actually, you know, what is not uh, widely known is that we, we are basically consultants. Um, the independent research that we do is is a side thing. So basically, when we are not very busy consulting operators, regulators, competition authorities, and all the rest of our clients, then we 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 do this uh, independent research. And the company was uh, actually founded, let me remember now, it was 2009, so we are, uh, Rewheel has been operating now for over 10 years. Our backgrounds is basically 20 years from the industry. We started from uh, equipment vendors, then we worked for uh, mobile operators, wireless operators, and then went into consulting. We uh, myself and the other founding partner, Paul Zarandi, has been uh, uh, basically working for uh, in consulting after we left uh, operators, mobile operators, for some years. And at some point, we were involved with mobile data back in 2007, 2008, and we, we saw a great opportunity to actually create a really specialized focus uh, consultancy on mobile data. We, we were expecting already that mobile data and mobile broadband would become really i would say central you know going forward as 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 it finally uh, became you know in many countries and that's how we set it up uh, rewheel so most of our work we do from consulting most of the income that we actually earn as a company comes from consulting and you know in uh, our, our spare time we do this independent research and we are kind of like a 
different uh, such consulting firm because we take public uh, um, um, we take our opinions public so we are pro-competitive we mostly work with uh, clients that have uh, similar views with us and we usually very upfront on this when we meet a new client either this is a, a private operator or is it a, a regulator or a competition authority we tell them this is our views you know so and if you kind of like like what you hear we'll be happy to to work with you um, we got involved I say a few things about our research we got involved into um, the state of European um, uh, mobile markets back in 2012. We have done a lot of work privately, and then we saw that some markets, you know, effective competition was working, some markets was not uh, working pretty well, and ourselves, we had the curiosity to see, you know, why is this happening, what this actually drives competition in, in wireless mobile markets. So we started our research back in 2012, our independent research, and when I say independent, nobody pays for our research, it's an activity that we carry, you know, with our own initiative, and we fund ourselves, you know, so from the proceeds of the revenues of the companies. And uh, back in 2012, the European Commission, the antitrust authority in, in Europe took notice of, of uh, one of our first studies about uh, uh, what drives competition in, in, in European wireless markets and, and, and decided our, our study. They, 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 they start discussing with us and since then we basically have been doing a lot of research in the state of competition, primarily pricing. Uh, prices in 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 uh, European and OECD markets, and as well, we have done a lot a lot of work in uh, mergers, four to three mergers. You know, and that's a short introduction. Okay, of, no, that's, uh, what do we do? That's perfect. And in fact, it's certainly it's it's the pricing competition reports that certainly in Canada attracted some attention. In terms of just, we'll get into some of the most recent reports, including one from April of this year that examined four G pricing. Uh, where does the the data come from that underlies the reports? Yeah, so we basically started with this methodology back in 2014 uh, I mean our idea and, and you know this is not uh, uh, often a lot of people that read our reports make the mistake to talk about the price of mobile communication services this is not what we measure I mean when we designed back the methodology back in 2014 we were focusing to actually um, you know uh, measure and track uh, the price of uh, mobile or wireless broadband connectivity that's what we are aiming with our research. So basically, you know, back, you know, many years back, you know, uh, customers, consumers uh, were buying voice services, SMS services, and increasingly, you know, mobile data services starting from 2007 onwards. But we saw that a few years, you know, down the line, that actually the mobile broadband connectivity and mobile data will become the central, let's say, commodity that wireless operators are, are selling. So when we design it, we design to measure that. So we measure it in two specific uh, plans. This is the smartphone plans that it may have as well, or have as well voice and SMS. And we measure it as well as data only, that is the mobile broadband in our terminology. And how we do it is we basically, it is entirely based on public data. So twice a year, as you probably noticed, we have these DF module releases since 2014. We go and we collect ourselves in, um, you know, in the web from the websites of all the operators and VNOs, sub-brands of the operators, their prices. We're looking for specific plans. We're looking for consumer plans. We're looking for consumer monthly rolling plans. Some people always make the mistake that we track only postpaid or prepaid. No, we track monthly rolling plans. Now, if the payment is postpaid or prepaid, we don't really care. What we do not track, we do not track 
prepaid plans that they are not monthly rolling, meaning that you are buying an allowance for, I don't know, three months and, you know, then it expires. And uh, uh, when you collect all the data, you know, then we uh, carry on the analysis with two specific metrics that we have been using most of those years. And then you know, we publish you know, uh, a public version of the report with the main findings. And then there is obviously the, the full version, which contain uh, more detailed analysis. Right. Mm. And so in many ways, that, that kind of scan of pricing reflects what a consumer would see if they were going out into the marketplace exactly. and looking exactly. for those kinds of services. Exactly. And that was uh, that was our intention. I mean, obviously, the, before us and still there is a number of actually private companies that measure the price of mobile communication services, different services. And, 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 and those are primarily targeted for the operators, you know, for competitor intelligence to see how their competitors are pricing. Our, again, you know, our sole focus is the competitiveness of mobile broadband connectivity. I mean, we are trying to expose the naked price of, you know, wireless connectivity, mobile data or broadband connectivity, how you want to call it. Sure. Interesting. So that, I, I, I obviously want to get into what you find from a Canadian perspective, given that it's attracted a lot of attention here. But before we do that, uh, can you give a sense of where are we worldwide on pricing? How have things evolved over the years that you've been tracking this? And where do countries stand now? What are the kinds of countries that stand out when it comes to their 4G pricing and competitiveness? Yes, I think this is really, really uh, fascinating stuff because, you know, we, we, we realize ourselves and we actually start tracking prices back. We started as early as 2012, but for OECD countries, we included OECD uh, countries within our, our European, uh, the European 28 countries uh, starting on 2014. So the most fascinating thing is the price development. I mean, obviously, you know, the price measured back in 2014 compared to the price of 2018. And now, you know, we have all this very rich data uh, and it, it, it worth mentioning that every single DF monitor release contains thousands of actually plans, thousands, thousands of tariff plans from, you know, the, all the uh, mobile network operators in a the country, their sub-brands, meaning discount uh, brands uh, also called, and as well the major MVNOs in the country. Now, um, the, what we actually see that the prices of gigabytes, which is basically the main metric that operators are using to uh, to to tire their plants and 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 you know explain uh, you know the the amount of data that their plants uh, contain has been dropping really off off a cliff you know the last four or five years and has continued to drop till the late uh, the last release which was April two thousand nineteen. That's the the same is true for. Canada, the same is true for all the 41 countries that we have been uh, tracking. The last four or five years, you know, gigabyte prices have been falling. Now, there is two important caveats and two important findings, you know, uh, of uh, that our data suggests that prices, gigabyte prices fall faster in markets where there is four mobile network operators, the four MNO markets, as we call them, than in three MNO markets. And that has some let's say, repercussions, at least, you know, as we as we interpret them, uh, that the competition appears to be more effective, appears to be more intense in markets where there is more mobile network operators versus less mobile network operators. And that also was a result that Ofcom, the regulator in the, UK, in the UK, found from their own study back in 2015, if I remember. Now, the other, uh, the other uh, important uh, trend, and this is something that we 
highlight in every, almost every single release that prices in four MNO markets are tend to be much, much lower gigabyte prices than in three MNO markets. And again, you know, there is a very important uh, conclusions which, which we make and, you know, a lot of regulators and competition authorities seem to, uh, to, to um, uh, acknowledge by citing our research, including the Competition Bureau in Canada, which recently gained access to our research and gained access to. It's important to mention that the Competition Authority in Canada have recently go, uh, got access to the raw tariff data because what they wanted to do is that was to use our raw tariff data for the last five years to make their own analysis, not apply our own metrics, but you know do their own analysis and come to their own conclusions. You know what uh, what to suggest for the for the future of the Canadian wireless market. Okay, interesting. So the Canadian authorities are are looking at your research not not purely from the the reports that you've been developed, but rather the raw data that you've been collecting. No, over specific. The years. Exactly. Specifically, they, they want to carry their own analysis on the raw tariff data that we have collected in the last five years. Right. And so the, and just to, to make sure that uh, it's clear. So over, in looking at those last five years, what you're finding is that those countries and looking at 41 countries worldwide and emphasis on Europe, but looking at, at countries in, uh, around the world, those with more competitors with four network operators tend to have lower prices and tend to have prices that drop faster than those that have fewer competitors, say three. Three. Exactly. Okay, which of course brings us then to the Canadian market because that's become a big focal point, certain certainly of our government. What does the report find from a from a perspective in terms of where Canada stands relative to other countries around the world? Yeah, I, I mean, basically, we find what everybody else uh, found when they actually tried to uh, compare and benchmark the prices in the Canadian uh, wireless market prices. Uh, the absolute level of prices, meaning the monthly uh, price for a plan, either being this being a smartphone plan that includes minutes and SMS or being a mobile broadband plan, are substantially higher than other countries in OECD and as well European markets. And as well, the gigabyte prices is much, much higher than many other countries. And that's, again, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like emphasizing on that because uh, some obviously, for, for obvious reasons, uh, you know, the incumbents in Canada may not like this finding, but this is a finding that, you know, uh, I, I could easily name three, four different, you know, independent research that has come to this to the same conclusion. Uh, now, the, the, the real question, and I don't think that there is a debate that Canadian prices are higher than uh, prices uh, in um, uh, wireless price or gigabyte prices in, in other OCD or European markets. The real question is why? Now, through these five years that we have doing this independent research ourselves, we we kind of like we have seen every single market and, and the main characteristics of every single market. And we came to the conclusion that, well, there is a number of factors that affects prices, uh, both the, you know, the monthly level and as well the so-called variable level or the gigabyte uh, level nowadays in, in, in wireless. The most um, important factor of that is the number of competitors, which obviously it is not uh, let's say um, it is not something new in terms of economic policy. You know, the whole competition law is built upon the the, the idea that you know very few competitors you know uh, lead to oligopolies, lead to duopolies, lead to monopolies, and that obviously lead to higher prices and consumer harm. And and we, we believe the fact that the Canadian market has 
in essence, three national operators. Y yes, we do ourselves qualify Canada as a market with four operators because we kind of like consider uh, Freedom owned by so nowadays to be the fourth national operator. And I think they are in route becoming one, you know, and they're expanding their coverage continuously. Uh, but but clearly this is this is not, uh, you know, black and white, you know. So we think that if a fourth uh, operator like Freedom which unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, in our view, uh, was actually acquired by uh, by so was to emerge as a strong fourth mobile network competitor. We believe this will Im will improve the situation in Canada. And um, I know I know that there is a lot of discussion uh, is ongoing right now because of the current CRTC review on and there is a lot of focus on MVNOs, the so-called mobile virtual network operators, or the guys who actually buy wholesale access from the actual network operators and then they retail to uh, to to the consumers uh, however you know our research and we have done a lot of work in the area suggests that while they could help and primarily they could let's say um, help to lower prices in the short term the problem with mobile virtual network operators is that inherently wholesale access on mobile network do not work and, uh, you know, I, if, if, if you like to ask more, I can go in more in details, but uh, and I, I, I can I can use some cases from the European market to illustrate, you know, why it doesn't work that well. And effectively, you will need a network operator in the long run if you want to have effective competition. OK, I mean, it is worth it's not where I thought we'd go, but I think it's it's worth focus, focusing on at least for a moment. Do you collect MVNO data as well? And uh, regardless, uh, what what do you see as the experience with MVNOs, especially, I suppose, in Europe? Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, we do collect. I mean, uh, s since the start of DF Monitor, as, as as I mentioned earlier, you know, we collect the network, the price of the network operators in every country, the price of their sub brand, discount brands, uh, and as well the prices uh, uh, offered by major MVNOs in the country. And so there is over 70 MVNOs, you know, in these 41 countries that we track on a on a regular basis. And that was one of the interests as well of the Competition Authority in Canada. They want to see how does the pricing of these MVNOs, how competitive it is compared to the pricing of the MNOs. So, I mean, to, to make it very clear, because this was a huge uh, debate that uh, we, we went through in Europe between 2014 and 2018, because back in 2014, the European Commission, which is the antitrust authority in Europe, approved three, four to three measures in Europe, not by creating a new, a, a, a new fourth network operator, but by by giving wholesale access to some MVNOs. And there was a big debate: can MVNOs actually uh, substitute the competitive price accepted by a full-fledged? mobile network operator so the problem lies on on the phone and it's, it's quite easy to follow so let's say that uh, and and I, I i had this discussion already with the competition authority in canada let's say that crtc uh, you know um mandates wholesale access obligations to the to the network operators and then several mvnos uh, can 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 uh, purchase that wholesale access and can reach the uh, the consumers with their own retail offers. Now, the, the, the major question would be, would you dictate the price, the price for which they will buy mobile data from the network operators, and how do you do that? And the moment that you start going into that uh, uh, discussion, 
things become very, very complicated. And I will explain why. Because it is, let's simply say that in Canada, you know, $40, you usually buy at max three, four gigabytes per month in a smartphone plan that has unlimited means and SMS. That's more or less what you buy in Canada. So let's say that CRDC comes and, you know, dictates the price. And now the MVNOS could offer for a bit less the same gigabyte, say for 30 or $35, they could offer those four gigabytes rather than for $40. Or they could build a bit more few gigabytes, say six gigabytes for $40 rather than the four that the M MNOS have been selling on retail. Yeah. So essentially, this is a retail minus model. But the real question is that when a network operator comes into the market, for example, look at Iliad, they just uh, became the new fourth operator in Italy, the whole gigabyte price, you know, um, um, what the market knew before, what was, let's say, the norm, how many gigabytes should, should you buy if you spend 20 euros, you know, when in a completely different level. Nowadays, you buy in Italy for seven, eight euros per month, unlimited means and SMS and 50, 60 gigabytes. I was on here before the network operator came to the market. And here is the really uh, question I'm asking. There is no wholesale access offer that they will make an MVNO to offer 10 times or 100 times more gigabytes for the same price that the network operators were offering in the market. Because obviously the network operators will never agree to such, to such a wholesale offer, meaning that an MVNO in mobile wireless will never be able to replicate the near zero marginal data cost of a network operator, meaning that an operator could offer unlimited as, you know, in 23 countries out of the 41 OECD and 28 European countries, operators are often truly unlimited service for 20, 30 euros a month. Now, the question one will ask, but how can they afford that? How can you know, offer a truly unlimited service similar to fixed broadband and still make money? Well, they could, they can because of the the, near, the, the marginal cost for, for mobile operators often come at near zero. And the more, you know, the technology evolves and we move to 5G, the, 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 the actual uh, ability, the capacity of mobile networks to offer a lot of traffic means that the incremental cost for operators to carry incremental traffic is really, really small. Yeah, so to conclude, what we have seen is number one, commercial MVNOs, they don't, they cannot offer you know, the, uh, the, the so uh, attractive and competitive offers as network operators, the, the fourth network operators. And, you know, they will, it is impossible for a regulator to, to set a price for wholesale mobile, uh, for wholesale access for mobile data, because it will find itself on the problem that every three months or every six months, it will have to change this price because the network operators will be, you know, all the time will be lowering the gigabyte price on their own retail plans. You know, so it is almost impossible. Okay, that's a, that's a that's a some valuable insights. I mean, it does sound to me that there the the difference in many ways between an MVNO approach and a a new operator or MNO approach comes down to whether or not you want a transformative change in the marketplace uh, that injects that competition or something that feels far more incremental and r creates some challenges along the way may result in some lower pricing with some new competitors from a consumer perspective, but it's not going to shake up the marketplace in quite the same way that a fourth network operator would. Now, that that debate is going to continue to play out here in Canada over the coming months. As you mentioned, the CRTC is studying the issue and the government sending strong signals about where it would like to see things go. 
But the large providers in Canada, the incumbents, have been reacting strongly, certainly to even the suggestion that Canadian prices at the moment are high relative to other countries and uh, take an aim at a number of reports along those lines. Uh, TELUS in particular has commissioned reports from the NERA Economic Consulting Group, a U.S. firm that tries to call into question some of those reports. It started first with something known as the Wall Report and most recently took aim at your reports. Uh, and so I guess I'd start with any initial comments on the TELUS effort uh, as it looks to NERA Economic Consulting to, to sort of look through and, and assess what it sees as some of the shortcomings in which the work you've been doing. Yeah. Um, well, as we actually said uh, publicly in Twitter as well, we 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 responded by saying we'll be happy to actually uh, respond to any critic if that critic is independent. And you know what uh, we personally uh, passed to Telus uh, because we actually were in discussion with Telus, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and uh, there is there is some background on this um, uh, on this activity by uh, by Telus is that obviously they were not the first operator to do that I mean throughout the, the you know 10 years that uh, we have been around because of this independent research and because operators strong uh, a lot of operators will feel very strongly uh, about the findings of our research uh, claiming that their prices are high compared to other markets or not you know they have done it before and as i said to tell us they will do it again you know they will not be the last operator that did that but but interestingly uh, as I mentioned, you know, we were in discussion with Telus, you know, about our services, about our research, and uh, we uh, we were asked by Telus if we would be um, willing to uh, to 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 uh, to carry out a, a study paid by paid by them for for which study they would have a say, and uh, you know, our response to them and it's. It is not different to any other customer. You know, it's always no. I mean, the 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 studies that we do are independent and are always, uh, you know, aim at the independent authorities, at the policymakers, you know, and at the competition authorities, the regulators, and the com the competition authorities. You know, meaning to conclude, you know, on that related, it's not that we haven't seen uh, reports like NARA before. Uh, which criticize, you know, our um, our studies and methodology, and we have responded, you know, if such report was actually, you know, independent. But in this particular case, you know, we didn't really feel that, uh, you know, the report was independent. And and again, uh, which probably, you know, it will be interesting interesting for you to, for you to hear is that uh, there was a lot inside that report, and. Well, you know, so uh, uh, the the problem with with this type of uh, studies is, as I said, we have uh, in in the start of our call, we have a very specific task with our research, and that is to measure the price of uh, wireless naked wireless connectivity. Now there is many other prices. There is you know a lot of uh, wireless operators. They even selling washing machines, and they could actually bundle the washing machine together with. Uh, with a service uh, for a mobile service or mobile broadband service, you know, but we are looking always specifically for 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 the broadband connectivity and to to benchmark uh, those prices, you know. But if you have any specific comments, you know, that you want to touch on that specific on on the narrow report, I will be happy to to give some quick responses. Yeah, sure. And I guess there's there's two that I thought I might might ask you about, and I think in, you've actually I think in some ways responded to the first. At, at one, the narrow report emphasizes that there are other factors at play beyond just 
the data allowances that you're taking a look at. They talk about network quality, customer service, and those kinds of things. I, I'm guessing, and I'd love to hear what you have to say, that, that, that in many ways that doesn't really undermine your conclusions at all. You're looking at relative pricing, and they're saying, well, yeah, but you should, you should be thinking about other things. But that's, that's a different yeah. study, and from the perspective of a consumer, maybe they care about that, maybe they don't. But those that care about pricing would, would I'd imagine, look at your study and, and see that it's useful. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's, uh, I think I think it's pretty obvious when we measure prices and when we talk about markets being competitive or non-competitive, the focus is on prices. You know, the, you, one will argue that there is other things, for example, like customer care, you know, which is the most competitive market in terms and has the best customer care. Well, obviously, it is not part of, uh, you know, our methodology and and. You know, to actually rebase the whole discussion, because, you know, that's that's the main reason why we tend to avoid, you know, responding and going into details to, to such critic, you know, usually that is made by uh, by operator, uh, operators for the specific reason that, you know, I mean, they do not price customer care, right? I mean, the, the last time that I check, Canadian operators, wireless operators, price on gigabytes, meaning they price almost like anybody else. So if you price on gigabytes and you are, I mean, there is a very, uh, you know, um, linear pricing on gigabytes and you don't price on other factors, it's, it's hard for me to understand how you could turn this argument around and you say that price doesn't matter and gigabytes doesn't matter because other things. But I want to come comment to the other things because it's, it's important. So we never said that mobile networks in Canada are not of a good quality. We never said that, you know, the Canadian market is not competitive because the, the quality of mobile networks really sucks. What is important to note, and NERA had presented a consumer survey about what, you know, what, what are the factors that uh, it's important to consumers when they decide what service to buy, uh, you know, mobile communication service, or in this case, broadband, mobile broadband uh, service to buy. They presented a consumer survey from the U.S., if I remember well, which anyway still had price and, and gigabyte allowance on the top, although not with the percentages that we have seen from independent consumer surveys. And I want to speak on, pick one specifically because, you know, even consumer surveys, you would make it with a very different way. And the, the, it matters who makes the consumer survey. The, the European Commission, when it examines four to three mergers, it all most of the times, not always, but most of the times, carries an independent consumer survey. They do that because they want to determine the diversion and the switching ratios between the operators. But when they do those consumer surveys, they do ask how people make their decision, which provider and which plan to choose. And in those surveys, that we, independent surveys that we have seen from the European Commission, Commission by the from the European Commission, we saw 87% the attractiveness of the price plan, meaning the price and the gigabytes. That's 87%. 22% network reliability and 5% network performance. Yes, other things matter, but you know the thing that matters the most is the price and how much can you use the service. And this is pretty straightforward. Now, one, two, two more things. Uh, I, I think this is an important point. I will take a bit more time to, to elaborate on this. One, whoever is familiar, and I'm, I'm pretty sure not a lot of policymakers, not a lot of consumers are familiar with competition law. Competition law has prices central to, to its design. So the, the purpose of competition law is focuses in preventing consumer harm 
through price increases. You know, yes, and the, the independent research that we are doing is usually an input to competition law because that's exactly what competition law is thinking. Yeah, other stuff, uh, when 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 uh, competition authorities are looking at the uh, effective competition in the market through a merger, other stuff, they look at other stuff as well, but their main concern is that will this merger, will this concentration increase price in the market? And, 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 and that's important to remember, you know, the, the, usually operators, um, uh, they, they, they use the investment as a counter argument, you know, that, you know, mergers and more consolidation uh, helps uh, operators to invest more. But even that, you know, the European Commission has uh, uh, has rebuked this argument by presenting data from France that went from a three to four operator market between 2012 to 2018 and so that actually network investment in the market increased. And my final point about network quality in Canada is the follow. Uh, this is mentioned in the NARA report. They use an open signal. Open signal is a crowdsource application that measures the speed and other quality factors of mobile networks around around the world. And uh, they, you know, in, in open signal reports, you could see that uh, Canadian operators in Canada runs high on the average download speed, you know. Uh, however, it's important to note that both open signal and another uh, Canadian company called Tutel as well, which uh, I will say even they have more reliable data, uh, crowdsourced data, and they are very active around the world and we have uh, worked with them uh, producing a white paper, uh, basically say that the quality of the NERCOS in Canada is really top tier, but similar on pair with the quality of the networks in the Nordics. You know, for example, Finland, where, where we come from. Uh, and here's the interesting thing. I mean, the pricing benchmark reports that we do is not the only reports that we do. A lot, we do a lot of reports about capacity utilization, network capacity on, on uh, potential, network capacity potential of mobile networks around, around the markets that we look. And in order to do those reports, we collect a lot of data. For example, one of the data that we collect is the number of sites that different mobile network operators have in different countries. Now, Finland... Uh, the three Finnish uh, mobile operators have around 7,000 sites. This is the physical sites the, where you could actually, uh, you could have an antenna. Now, from the information that we have, this is more or less the same amount of sites that Canadian operators have. And what we do not understand, which is also used by NERA as an argument, you know, against our methodology and against the, 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 our conclusions, uh, claiming that uh, mobile networks in Canada are, are really of uh, high quality is that Canada has seven times or six, seven times more people than Finland and 30 times more area. But Finnish operators have as many sites as Canadian operators. So it's a bit difficult, you know, to actually argue that the quality in Canada will be better than the quality in the Nordics, you know, and Finland has a lot of sites in the Nordics, but other uh, Nordic countries have, you know, similar a lot a lot of sites, and and claim that this is the reason why the prices are actually much higher in Canada. So we don't really we don't really buy that argument, and we believe that the main reason that prices in Canada is higher is purely for competition reasons. Okay, and I mean, it's, and in some ways, I think that's a good good way to end. Ultimately. Canadian policymakers, the government, and I think Canadian consumers are really looking to understand why is it that their own, I think, experience when they go elsewhere, as well as reports such as yours and others, consistently suggest that 
the pricing and focusing on the pricing, which I think I, I personally agree with you. I think that's what consumers are primarily concerned with, is far higher in Canada than it is elsewhere. And I take it that your, that your takeaway, having looked at countries around the world at this now for many, many years, is that it ultimately is all about competition. Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, if, if I have one more minute, I think that what I can say is that because to make it more concrete for other people, you know, what exactly do we mean by competition? I mentioned France um, uh, briefly, uh, and it's important. France and Netherlands are two very important markets in Europe because they used to be three MNO markets, and nowadays the number of network operators in the market doesn't increase that often because there is uh, less and less spectrum uh, in offer and higher barriers of entry. But it's important to note, to note that both in 2012, both the France and the, uh, the Dutch market went from three to four. So there was a new fourth oper operator enter the market. Now, it's important to note that back on 2011, 2012, France and Netherlands were one of the most expensive European markets. Well, in 2018, they became some of the cheapest European markets after four or five years of having a fourth oper operator into the market. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to deny those facts that, I mean, somebody who makes a new investment has an empty network has every economic incentive to price their uh, service competitive in order to get as many customers as possible, paying them something like 20 euros per month, because that's how you actually uh, recoup your investment, right? You know, so that's how they, they, they could create positive cash flows, you know, so on. So in other words, can, Canadians can at least take heart in knowing that there is always the possibility that we can go from where we've been for many years now, of one of the most expensive countries uh, in the world, at least amongst the, the develop, economically developed countries in the world for wireless, and can possibly find ourselves in a far more competitive market down the road if we adopt some of the right policies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Antonius, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Michael, for having me. Thanks. That's the Law Bites podcast for this week. If you have comments, suggestions, or other feedback, write to lawbites at pobox.com. That's L-A-W-B-Y-T-E-S at P-O-Box.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LawBitesPod or Michael Geist at MGeist. You can download the latest episodes from my website at michaelgeist.ca or subscribe via RSS at Apple Podcast, Google, or Spotify. The Law Bites podcast is produced by Gerardo LeBron LeBoy. Music by the LeBoy brothers, Gerardo and Jose LeBron LeBoy. Credit information for the clips featured in this podcast can be found in the show notes for this episode at michaelgeist.ca. I'm Michael Geist. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.